Just win, baby. That's the only message I got for y'all. Let's do it. We got to up the standard, and the standard is going to be set. It's unnecessary roughness. Crowd into it. Wilson lifts the right leg, gets the ball. They bring the blitz off the edge, and they got to him. Nate Hobbs coming around the left side, circled Wilson to the turf back at the 34. And the silver and black going to get off the field. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. Just hearing that intro right there lets me know that it's getting real. (laughs) It is getting real. It's like the first day of school. Everyone's got their new clothes on. They went and got their fresh haircut, got the brand new shoes. They're feeling good about themselves. And everyone is arriving, shaking hands, telling stories of the summer. But it is time to get real. We heard from head coach Josh McDaniels this morning around 930-ish. You heard that right here on Raider Nation Radio 920 on the morning tailgate. So we've got some sound from him coming up on today's show. But right there in the open, you heard the voice of Jason Horowitz. You also heard the voice of new Raiders defensive back Marcus Peters. Can't wait to get him on the show or be able to talk to him and just talk to him about what that means, right? New Raiders cornerback Marcus Peters, an Oakland native, a guy that grew up uh, wanting to be part of the Silver and Black, who grew up watching the Silver and Black, rooting for the Silver and Black. I'm sure that that means a lot. I'm sure it has a special place in his heart to be able to have this season as he signed the one-year deal worth up to $5 million yesterday with the Raiders. You also heard a play there by Nate Hobbs, and that could potentially be a really nice, salty one-two punch. I don't know how it's going to shake out as far as the outside corners go, but if Nate's on the outside or if he's in the slot, whatever the case may be, that could be a nice little nasty combo right there. So we'll see how it all shakes out, and obviously there'll be a lot of competition coming up in training camp. Practice gets underway tomorrow. Excited about that. We'll be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center bright and early. We'll see their practice in full You'll see some tweets, some videos from us. And then, of course, after practice is over with, we'll hear from four or five players. And we don't know who the players are right now, but we know Jimmy G will be in attendance as he's been cleared. He, uh, he passed his physical on Sunday. Marcus Peters is obviously in a good position, so he'll be out there. Nate Hobbs, I'm assuming he's going to be out there. And there'll be a handful of others, but uh, excited about being out there, excited about, well, getting back to Raider football. And this is what we do here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So I have a really good show lined up for you. Excited about what we got. Coming up at 2.30, Adam Hill from the RJ and, of course, our sister station as well, ESPN Las Vegas. He'll join us. He was one of the many members of the media that were in attendance for uh, Josh McDaniels this morning. You know, it's funny. I mentioned the first day of school. That's kind of what it felt like. We got back into the media room. We're shaking hands with everyone, talking about, hey, what have you been doing the last couple of weeks or whatever since mandatory minicamp got wrapped up? And uh, today's attendance was large. It's almost like the first day of school when you, you go to college. And, look, I'll be honest with you, I went to college to play dominoes, right? I went to college to go sit in the, in the lunchroom and play dominoes with my boy Corey. But I still know the first day of school, you go and, and the classroom is full. Right. Everybody's there in attendance. I don't care if it's because they're trying to get their financial aid check, whatever the case may be. But they're there on the first day. Matter of fact, usually the first week. Then all of a sudden you start to see uh, people, you know, kind of fall off here and there. And I just happen to be one of those guys that fell off all the time. So I understand exactly what I'm talking about. So today I walked into the media room. I had a couple meetings there uh, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center before head coach Joshua Daniels talked. And wow, it was a packed house. 
right? I mean, again, it felt like the first day of school. Everybody who was anybody from the from the media that's here locally was in attendance. And I'm sure coming up this week, maybe as early as tomorrow, you'll see some people from NFL Network, uh, ESPN National, and hell, Paul Gutierrez was there from ESPN National. So of course he's always representing. But uh, you know, we look at him as the as the local cat. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's just so many people that were in attendance, so we had to kind of get to get familiar with some of them as well. And that's fine. That's just how it is. It's a new year on uh, the first opening press conference of the the training camp for 2023 for the Raiders. So there's going to be a lot of people in attendance. But Adam Hill was there. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to him coming up at 2.30 about what he heard from head coach Josh McDaniels, some of his takeaways, what he thinks about the addition of Marcus Peters, all things silver and black. We'll talk with Adam coming up at 2.30. Also on Friday, I happened to run into myself and Little Q. We were at the Slam Ball uh, games that were going on at the Cox Pavilion. We did our show from there on Thursday, uh, did our show from the Sahara Las Vegas on Friday, the Zillow Ultra Pool, and then made a beeline over to the Cox Pavilion for Slam Ball, and Adam Hill was there as well. So I'll ask him his thoughts on the opening weekend of Slam Ball, and uh, this is going to be something that's going to be a lot of fun. Little side note, Coach Ken Carter. Yeah, you remember that, Coach Carter. Coach Carter from the movie, not Samuel L. Jackson, like my man Ari thought when I was talking to him about it earlier today. Uh, Coach Carter is actually going to be a part of the show tomorrow. He is coaching a team in Slam Ball, and I got to run into him, and he's a dude that I've known for a very long time since uh, since I was in Texas, and uh, we've had plenty of good conversations. We actually knew each other when we were both in the Bay Area as well, but uh, he's going to join the show tomorrow to talk about what he's doing as far as Slam Ball and everything that's going on with Coach Ken Carter, and so uh, that's something to look forward to on tomorrow's show, but of course, it's all about today's show right now. So Adam Hill at 2.30, he'll join the show. Coming up at 3 o'clock, John McClain, Sports Radio 610, our good Good friend. You know, always great to have him on the show. He'll be part of the show uh, at 3 o'clock talking all things NFL, all the storylines going in and around uh, the NFL as training camp's getting underway and all these guys are getting their contracts signed, whether it's rookies or guys getting contract extensions. In the case of a Trayvon Diggs, I'll just go ahead and, and, and go right to him. Trayvon Diggs signed a massive contract extension uh, this morning with the, with the Dallas Cowboys. And I'll tell you right now, man, Pretty incredible. He's been in the league since 2020. He was drafted in the second round in 2020. If you go back to that draft, he was drafted number 51 overall. You go back to that draft, there was a cornerback taken by the Silver and Black in that draft as well. His name was Damon Arnett. He went in the first round, number 19 overall. He is no longer in the league. Trayvon Diggs, since 2021, this is from our good friend Brad Spielberger on Pro Football Focus. Since 2021, Trayvon Diggs leads the NFL in interceptions with 14. The Raiders as a team since 2021 only have 12 interceptions. I want to say that slow so you hear that. Trayvon Diggs, since 2021, has 14 total interceptions. The Raiders, as a team, only have 12. So that just lets you know the lack of, of, of getting your hands on the ball, the lack of turning the ball over, the lack of creating turnovers the Raiders have had since 2021. And, boy, what, that, what kind of a move that would have been made. Can you believe if the Raiders had drafted Trayvon Diggs in round one, number 19 overall instead of Damon Arnett, what possibly could have happened? And, look, I get it, it's a different defensive scheme with different defensive players around you, but guys that have playmaking ability just have playmaking ability. Trayvon Diggs, even going back to Alabama, had that. So, uh, yeah, there's one of those that you look at and say, woulda, coulda, shoulda, didn't. But Trayvon Diggs signed a big-time contract today. So we'll talk to John McClain coming up at 3 o'clock. All things NFL, just kind of deep dive 
with him. And then at 3.30, I was on the Up and Adams show this morning with Kay Adams. So just a, a few-minute conversation that I had with her about Josh Jacobs, Josh McDaniels, uh, you know, all things silver and black. And it's always great when she, uh, she invites me onto the show. And it's like my third or fourth time being on the show. So I like to bring that conversation to Raider Nation Radio 920. So at 3.30, you'll hear the conversation between me and Kay Adams from Up and Adams. It was on FanDuel TV this morning. Uh, really good stuff. So you'll hear that coming up at 3.30. Of course, at 4 o'clock, we have Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. We'll scatter shoot around the league. Whatever we don't catch up with uh, with John McClain, we'll uh, do at 4 o'clock. And then 4.30, reason or excuse, that's when Ari will take over the wheels of steel and uh, hit me with some subjects and say, hey, is that a reason or is that excuse? And uh, we'll have a little bit of fun with it, and that's how we do it. Of course, in the meantime, in between time, Raider Nation, we always want to hear from you as well. We'd love to when you're a part of the show at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Just got an uh, uh, update from uh, Cam over with the Raiders. He just sent over this. The Raiders re-signed defensive tackle Kyle Pecco. So Kyle Pecco was a guy that was part of the Silver and Black last year. Uh, the Raiders have made it official with him, like a referee's whistle, that he will be back at least for training camp in 2023 so a little bit more beef added to that defensive line room and uh, again Byron Young is the guy that's on the pup list he's the third round pick out of Alabama I don't know how long he's going to be out Josh Medanis was asked about him earlier today and as I mentioned Ari I mentioned it yesterday that someone's going to ask about injuries and ask about Tyree Wilson how long he's going to be out and Byron Young how long he's going to be out and Josh Medanis is going to say what not going to put a timeline on it. And of course, that's exactly what he said, that there is no timeline for these guys' return, but uh, hopefully they'll get out of there sooner rather than later. You'll actually hear from J- Josh McDaniels later on Tyree Wilson and Byron Young, but it wasn't a whole lot of, of, of anything because he didn't, you know, like I say, give any kind of uh, update on what the injuries were, to, especially to Byron Young. And, uh, of course, we know about the Tyree Wilson injury is just a foot, but they're really trying to slow play that right now. Before we get into the opening drive, those are the guests we have coming up. Adam Hill at 2.30, John McClain at 3, and Kay Adams and myself at 3.30, the conversation I had with her on her show, Up and Adams. I did want to get into a couple sound bites from head coach Josh Daniels' uh, presser that he had this morning. Of course, you heard the whole thing in full here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And the first is about, well, Jimmy G, because that's been the hottest subject since Jimmy G signed with the Raiders and then didn't sign with the Raiders and then eventually did sign with the Raiders and they made it official, passes physical on uh, on Sunday. So uh, Josh Daniels was asked about Jimmy G coming off an of injury and, you know, excited to have him back. No, I mean, no, there aren't. Um, we'll do what we always do with players that are coming off of of any type of rehabilitation is we'll just, you know, we'll do it the right way. Um, you know, so it might not be, you know, 100% of the repetitions, you know, first day and, you know, et cetera, but we would never do that with anybody. So um, there's a number of players, obviously, that had things in the spring and um, making sure that we're just smart about how we reintegrate them to the, you know, the totality of practice and um, training camps for everybody to get a lot of repetitions anyway. Uh, no, no player at any position would get, you know, that kind of a majority of the reps anyhow. So this is where we have to <clears throat> put in the majority of our time so that we can build, you know, fundamentals across the board, build the depth of our football team. So. Um, it shouldn't affect us that much, um, you know, but he'll excited for him to be out there. I know he's excited to be out there with his teammates too. 
So there is head coach Josh McDaniels excited about Jimmy G being out there with the, the players to start training camp, which, again, first day of practice is tomorrow. But also what he was talking about was if there's going to be any restrictions to what Jimmy G is able to do. And it doesn't sound like there's any restrictions. There isn't. But at the same time, they're not going to throw everything at him right away. I mean, there's going to be reps where he takes them off. And, you know, of course, they have Brian Hoyer. They have Aiden O'Connell. They have Chase Garber. So they're not going to just throw every single rep at Jimmy G. But he doesn't have restrictions. So it's not like, yeah, okay, he can only be out there for this handful of snaps. But they also are going to be smart about it. Now, of course, one of the tasks that Jimmy G has is learning a new system. And I know a lot of us have talked about, yeah, he's learning a new system, but he does have familiarity. So here's Josh McDaniels just talking about Jimmy G learning a new system. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a fun process because honestly, I, I you know any player that um, has played significantly, um, you know, a, a significant amount of time somewhere else for a coach that I respect tremendously, um, you know, it's always interesting to hear some of the things that they did or how they called something or um, other things that maybe we don't do that you know they they did well and he likes. Um, so it was really a, a good back and forth in that regard. Um, I think most of the terminology, um, I don't want to say it's like riding a bicycle, but, you know, if you spent four years doing something, you know, and then you change languages a little bit, you know, you come back to it. Eventually it kind of, you pick back up where you were. So um, I think, I don't want to say it's seamless or not, you know, we'll, you know, we'll see together here as we go. But um, generally speaking, I think the terminology uh, is, I've said this before, is kind of overblown in general. Um, we all run, you know, some something similar to one another. We just maybe call it a little bit different name. So um, I feel very comfortable with his ability to, to do that, to speak it, to talk it, to help his teammates. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing him out there doing it. So I'm assuming that, and, and he referred to it there when he was talking about Jimmy G learning a new system, that he'll pick it up pretty quickly. Right. I mean, of course, he's been doing a lot of the homework, a lot of a lot of the classwork, a lot of the film study and, of course, learning the terminology. And just like anything else, if you haven't done it for a while, you may you know, be a little rusty at first, but usually it doesn't take too long to shake that rust off and be able to do what you do. So, again, the biggest key for Jimmy G is him being out there and being healthy. So that's very encouraging as far as I'm concerned. I do believe that he'll pick up the system sooner rather than later. Really, one of the things that I'm really focused in on is how quickly can he get on the same page with his offensive line? And really, how quickly can he get on, on the same page with his center? So, you know, he understands what he wants, where he wants it. You know, it's a feel type thing as well. You know, listening to the guys around him, they've got to hear his cadence and understand that. So there's no, you know, false starts and just – uh, in, in, in indecisive movements, right? There's things that are unnecessary, and so that's what they really have to get used to is hearing Jimmy out there and kind of feeling who he is. Final little soundbite from head coach Josh McDaniels on Jimmy G, and you'll hear some more soundbites throughout the course of the show, but this one's just on the fact that he wins the locker room. If there's one thing about Jimmy G that you can't knock, and that's the fact that people like to and players like to play with him, right? He's a leader. He's not a distraction at all. Even when San Francisco declared that he wasn't going to be playing there at all, they were going to trade him, move on from him. Then they couldn't. He was on a field all by himself. He wasn't pouting. He wasn't causing any problems. And then when they needed him, he was able to hop right back into it and say, yeah, okay, no problem. And so nobody ever has an issue. He just has something about him where he's able to win over the locker room. So here's Josh McDaniels talking about what it is about Jimmy and his ability to win that locker room. I think, you know, you think you have to care about the, the person, you know, and I think Jimmy gives a lot of time and, and effort into, um, you know, conversations non-football related. 
Um, you know, and <clears throat> you know, I think that's that would be the same if it was you and I or or any other two people um, trying to get to know one another. And it's how much you put into it, um, how much you care about, you know, where they came from, you know, what their family situation is like, uh, where they're at in their life, or their career. Um, you know, I think that's important for for anybody that's trying to create relationships, and especially at the position of quarterback in the NFL where you know you want to be a leader on your football team uh you have to be an elite communicator on the field um and so you know to be able to try to do that and establish those kind of relationships is important so um I'll let the players speak for that you know in terms of of how they feel and and what he has or hasn't done or anything like that but um I feel comfortable with who he is and and the way he goes about that so there's head coach Josh McDaniels right there. Just talk about the leadership of Jimmy Garoppolo. And, again, that's one thing that I don't think anybody could question, right? There's plenty of things you can question about Jimmy G, but his leadership ability is not, is not one of them, right? That's something that nobody ever has a problem with when it comes to Jimmy G. So just a few little sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels as he met with the media earlier today. It was probably about 25 minutes long. So uh, we're going to scatter shoot throughout the course of the show. We'll bring you different sound bites, talking about the defense, talking about Marcus Peters, Josh Jacobs, uh, competition and practice. There's a lot of different things to get to. And like I said, over the next two hours and 45 minutes, we'll definitely do that. Uh, we'll also hear from you as well at 702-365-9200. Before we get into the opening drive, let's go out to the phone lines and talk to our good friend Dan. Dan, welcome to Unnecessary roughness what's on your mind hey how you doing brother um so my first question is with marcus peters getting signed who's getting cut and what does that change does that change the plans for the raiders to bring in deron Harmon? are they still thinking about that or is that pretty much off the table now Dan, thanks for the call. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, uh, I'm looking for the corresponding moves with all these moves, right? I mean, Marcus Peters, I just talked about Kyle Peko has been uh, re-signed, and uh, then they also signed uh, Isaac Rochelle yesterday. And so I'm looking for the corresponding moves, and I'm not too sure exactly where where they're at with that. Uh, I have to maybe count up the number of players that are on the roster because, obviously, they're only allowed to have 90. They have 91 because of the uh, the international player. Uh, he doesn't count against that 90-man roster. And so maybe they're a couple players under. Josh Jacobs doesn't count against the roster right now because he doesn't have a contract so he's not on the roster so yeah that's that's a really good question I'm sure there's some corresponding moves will be made at some point that we'll uh, we'll find out about sooner rather than later but yeah I haven't heard anything and when it comes to Jerron Harmon he's actually a guy that I expected them to sign I really did I, I talked to him at the celebrity basketball game he was on my team uh, he was a guy that I became pretty close with uh, in the 2022 season always talking to him after the games in the locker room and I asked him I said hey what's the plan you plan on running it back with the Raiders next year and he said that's the plan that's the plan. So that's what he was expecting. Now, the Raiders have some depth in the safety room right now. Of course, they went out and signed Chris Smith or drafted Chris Smith. They have, uh, you know, Trayvon Merrick is there. Uh, there's other guys in, the, in that room to create some competition. So maybe they're trying to get a deeper look at, the, at, at those guys when training camp opens up. They know what they have in Jerron Harmon. He's a, a pro's pro. He's been there a long time, done that. You know, I mean, he's going to be in shape. He, he, he knows what he has to do for training camp. So he's not one of those guys that needs training camp. Plus, he was in the system last year. So it's not like in a Marcus Peters case where he has to learn a new system all of a sudden. So that's, I think that that's the positive when it comes to Jerron Harmon. If they do feel like that they need to reach out and bring him in, they will. But I just think right now they feel like that they don't have to if that makes uh, a lot of sense. So uh, thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. But, yeah, that's a guy that I, I was actually surprised he isn't signed just yet. So uh, there you go, Dan. Appreciate the call. Of course, we can always get the feedback on the don'tbebroke.com text line as well. 69187, keyword r Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. 
the opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So I had a really good call on my podcast, the Lockdown Raiders podcast, and uh, I had it on the voicemail line and I brought it to the show today. But I wanted to bring it to this show as well because I had my answer to this question that was asked by Steven out of Chicago. But I thought that, you know what, Raider Nation is, uh, you know, has a great, strong voice. They're smart. They're sharp. They know exactly what's going on with their team as well. So I thought it'd be, uh, it'd be a good question to bring to the table for the opening drive. So my man Ari, who's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, I'm in the home studio today. He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. He's going to play the call from Steven out of Chicago by way of Bakersfield about the Raiders and the expectations for this season and how so many outlets don't believe in the silver and black. What's up, Q? This is Steven from Chicago. Born and raised in Bakersfield, but live in Chicago the last decade. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Listen, I just want to talk about that everywhere else I listen to, all they're doing is bashing the Raiders. My fantasy football podcast, my other football podcast, they're all saying that the Raiders are going to be one of the worst teams out there. And I don't get it. Because when I look at them, we, we were close in almost every single game last year. We have a pretty elite offensive play caller and some of the best players in the league. I don't get why people are saying we'll be one of the worst teams. What am I missing? Thank you for everything that you do, and I and I appreciate you every day. Take care. So that was Steven from Chicago by way of Bakersfield. You heard him right there, and he's talking about the fact that many outlets believe the Raiders could potentially be the worst team in the league this year. And I've said it many times, and this was my answer to Steven, and that's why I wanted to bring this question to the table and wanted you to be able to get your chance at, at answering it as well. And we have Adam Hill coming up from the RJ in a few minutes, in about 10 minutes from now, so he'll have a chance to answer this question as well. I just think there's a lot of questions about the team. I think that there's a lot of unknown about this team. That was, that was my main reason. And I've said it so many times that the window for wins – and losses in, in, in for the Raiders, it could go anywhere as far as I'm concerned from five wins to ten wins, right? And that's a huge window. That's not really one of those that you're going out on a limb and making a prediction, right? I mean, if things go wrong, and we did this last week, last, uh, what was it, Thursday or Friday, uh, we did worst case, bad, or best case, worst case. And I think that everyone was in the same kind of category with me, anywhere from like five to ten. You know, worst case would be around five wins, best case ten. And, and the reason why I say if I look at the worst case scenario around five is that would mean that Jimmy – Jimmy G gets gets hurt. The defense doesn't come together, right? And, and the and the play calling just isn't where it needs to be, or or just they haven't found ways to to finish off games, right? Finish finish closeout games like they didn't in 2022 when they you know had double digit wins or double digit leads and they lost them, and they had those close ones and they lost. But I just felt like there's so much uncertainty that it's hard to just pinpoint how good this team is going to be. But it's funny, one of the outlets that. Steve is talking about, and he didn't mention this by name, but I happened to see it. I actually had someone tweeted at me earlier today. was from USA Today Sports, and it has the 2023 NFL record projections. For the AFC West, it has the Chiefs and the Broncos both at 10-7. and 7. Now, first of all, and I know everyone's the first thing to say is, oh, well, the national media is hating on you. That, I don't even, it's, I'm not even looking at national media as hating. And I know my man Mateo's in the studio right now. He's a Denver fan. I'm not mad at him either. Uh, he's, he's there in studio holding it down, but uh, he's a good dude. I know Sean Payton is there in Denver, but I don't see 10 wins in Denver. I'm sorry. I don't see 10 wins already. I mean, I understand you're going to get a little bit extra love because Sean Payton is a Super Bowl winning head coach. I get that. But 10 wins, and they don't even know if Russell Wilson is going to be that guy, I find that hard to believe. So they have, and this is, again, USA Today Sports, the Chiefs and the Broncos both at 10-7, and 7, the Chargers at 7-10, and, and the Raiders at 3-14. and 14. 
Now, I know I said the, the window was like five wins to ten wins, and I know five is not much better than three, but three I find hard to believe. I really do. At the very least, I believe that they split with the Broncos, split with the Chargers, and there's a couple other games that, you know, without looking at the schedule, they'll win those games. You know, so I'm, I'm looking at easily five or six wins just, just off GP, right? And if they were to win three games, something went horribly wrong in 2023. Now, of course, hey, things could go horribly wrong, but they have them as the worst team in the – no, the Cardinals are the only team that they have worse than them as, at two wins, two and 15, and the Cardinals don't even have a quarterback, Right? And so I guess maybe that's their rationale. Maybe that's their reasoning, believing that, okay, well, Jimmy G is going to be injured, so the Raiders won't have a quarterback either. But the Cardinals don't have a quarterback. Their guy is out, and you know he's going to be out, if not for the whole season, for the majority of the season, and Kyler Murray coming back from a torn ACL. Then they have the Colts there at four wins, four and 13. They have so many questions. Like, you're telling me that they're one win better than the Raiders? So I don't, I don't understand this one, but this is just one outlet. So I do throw the question out there to you, Raider Nation. I'd love to, to, love to hear from you. Uh, at 702-365-9200. Why do you think, and this is not just, well, they hate the Raiders. That's the easy whatever answer. Why do you think that most outlets are very low on the Raiders and their overall record this season? Like, what are you seeing that they could be seeing, or what do you think that they're seeing that has them projecting the Raiders as so low? Again, my biggest takeaway and my big answer to that was the big unknown. I just feel like that there's a lot of questions that haven't been answered yet. And obviously there's time to answer those questions. You know, can the defense come together? Well, we'll start to see it. We'll start to see it tomorrow, right? They brought in a lot of guys, a lot of guys with ball production, a lot of guys that they're expecting to come together. But, can you know, can the youth come together? Can they help out the veterans? Can they help out Max Crosby? Or is it going to be Max Crosby and them? So, I mean, there's, there's, there's valid reasons to doubt what the Raiders are going to do. Obviously the Josh Jacobs situation, I believe he'll be available by week one. I just don't see him passing up on $10 million even though the running backs are all coming together and they're going to do what's best for Oh, wait, hold on. No, they're not. Saquon Barkley's already signed his deal. He's good, <laughs> right? Sa- Saquon was the guy that was chirping the loudest, and he's in camp first, <laughs> right? So, I mean, uh, and, and that's something that Shereen Williams uh, mentioned to us last week, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on the show. But I'd love to hear from you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187, keyword r Matter of fact, since we have a guest coming up in Adam Hill, hit up the text sign. 69187, keyword r What do you think that most outlets are seeing, or maybe you're seeing as well, that have them so low on the Raiders and their overall record this season? Again, 69187, keyword r or you can hit us up at 702-365-9200. I believe I have time for one call that looks like uh, Ari is working on right now. In the don't, in the, are we, are we get, going to this call real quick? Ari, what do you want me to do? Yep, here we go. I think it's Jared Jared from New Jersey. All right, Jared, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Jared, what up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. So I can I pretty much think that the reason why everyone's down on them is because what have they shown us? Okay. There's really nothing that they have done over the last couple of years. I mean, there's nothing that, you know, and I don't see the improvement you know, that everyone that the Raiders need to have in order to take the next step. I, I, I don't see it. I don't, you know, Garoppolo, like you said, everything's a question mark. He, he's probably going to get hurt. He always does. Right. So I, I, I hope he doesn't, and I hope he proves right. me wrong because I was a big car fan. But, you know, uh, I hope he proves me wrong. But I just feel like he's going to be hurt. 
I don't know. I just don't see that they've given. They don't give me any hope, and I've been a Raider fan a long time. Okay. All right, fair enough. I, I, I think that the offense, is with a healthy Jimmy G, of course you got to put that asterisk out there, I think the offense has an opportunity to be really good. I really do. I mean, I've been saying that for a while, and I just want to see uh, a slight improvement from the defense, some takeaways, some stops, <laughs> right, uh, not giving up so many touchdowns in the red zone. I mean, there, there's yeah, there's a few things that I see where the team can improve. But, again, as I mentioned when we were doing, uh, you know, best case, worst case, a lot of things have to come together. So uh, let's get one more quick call in. How about Robert from Portland? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Robert? Yeah, Q, I think it's as simple as this, other than the injury factor to Garoppolo. If Garoppolo stays healthy, they're stating, you know, that their road re- road schedule is, is it's got Indy and it's got Chicago on it. That's two wins. Detroit's okay. iffy. Uh, but their home schedule's no picnic either. And they're figuring, oh, the Chargers and Chiefs, Giants, Pittsburgh, the Jets are all, you know, just monumental. Where I agree, where I think they're going to go eight and nine. I just think okay. they got, like you said, I think they're going to split their, uh, you know, got a good chance of going five and three at home uh, if he's healthy. And then they can get, you know, three on the road, and that would be probably in Detroit other than the Indian-Chicago game. Because I think he wants to win that Chicago game. Jimmy's from that area, and he'll have a good game. He, 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 beat, he beat them when he was San Francisco quarterback. Nice. Well, I think he should beat Chicago anyway. I don't think Chicago's worth the salt, right? I think Justin Fields has a lot to prove. Uh, this year that he could be the quarterback, not just a runner, not just dynamic with his legs, but his arm. And I think Chicago is trying to prove that as well. They want to see Chase Claypool. I mentioned on uh, on Monday's show that he is a disappointment. He's starting camp on the pub list. Of course, they went out and got DJ Moore. They went to uh, bolster up that offensive line. They've got some pieces around him, but can they come together? I think that they're still a few years away, a couple drafts away from being a, 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 the team that they want to be. That's going to be an interesting one. I think that the Raiders should definitely win that game. But, of course, you know, you've got to have a healthy Jimmy G and, of course, the cast of characters that go with them. So that's the question that I have for you. Uh, what, are you what do you believe the reasoning is, right, uh, for, the, for the Raiders, for the national outlets out there to believe? Like, what are you seeing? Why do you think most of the outlets are very low on the Raiders and uh, their overall records this 2023 season? 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next, we'll have Adam Hill. We'll ask him that question to start. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Defending Nikola Jokic in the NBA Finals is a very crucial thing, right? But you don't see teams going out and paying a lot of money for Dwight Howard anymore. Dwight Howard's playing where? Overseas. Overseas. Right, and not so happy about it, it either. It's like almost the running back position is becoming what the center used to be in the NBA, where the game has changed so much. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. ESPN's Jay Will and Freddie Coleman right there talking about in a roundabout way the running back position and how it's been devalued by using the center and Dwight Howard now playing overseas i get what they're saying i get what they're saying it took me a second but i understand what they're saying uh from that now again was from espn this is unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 920 the question i threw out there was why do you think that most outlets what are you seeing or what are they seeing having the raiders with such a low overall record 
this upcoming season. Joining us now on the phone lines from the Las Vegas Review Journal, of course, our sister station as well, ESPN Las Vegas, is our good friend Adam Hill. And Adam, uh, we'll start there with you. Uh, you're a guy that's very opt- not optimistic, but you're very realistic when it comes to expectations for football teams and what you think that they'll do. What are you seeing from the Raiders, or what are you not seeing that makes you believe that they, or if you think they are going to be a, a team that's not a very good team this year? First of all, I mean, great, great setup and great introduction, and I feel like I do this to you all the time, but how is your first question about not about Chase Garbers being released? What are we even doing here? I didn't, because I didn't, I didn't even really notice that. Was that on the Paco, was that on the Kyle Paco uh, outlet news? Yeah, I, I, and thank you for following me on X and uh, seeing my great uh, Zeet. Is it Z? Zeet now? I have no uh, idea. The new Twitter? Uh, yeah, the new, uh, the new Twitter name, it's... It's bizarre, but yeah, I just uh, I just sent that out uh, along with a couple other folks here from the uh, facility. Chase Garbers uh, was released here on the first day of training camp, which um, look a little bit surprising. He's a guy who last year was around. Obviously, he's the only quarterback who was around last year that is now on the roster, kind of carrying over that offense from last year. And I thought a guy that had a lot of promise, but uh, got lost in the mix a little bit. Obviously, as the fourth quarterback, that's a luxury uh, that the Raiders don't think they can have right now. So yeah, Chase Garbers. Moved on. He was the number two quarterback last year when Jared Stidham started the last two games of the year. So, um, you know, I think it's a little disappointing for him, former Cal standout. We'll see if maybe they get him back in the regular season on the practice squad. But uh, definitely a notable move today as uh, Kyle Pecco is back. And, um, you know, we will see how that kind of transpires. But uh, in terms of your question about the, the expectations, I mean, I think you, you start with odds makers. I think there's a lot of trust in what they think and how they feel. Um, and there's no question right now, odds makers are very, very down on the Raiders. And, you know, uh, not that everybody has to go by that, but I think that is a, a starting point for a lot of people. And when they're predicting, you know, six, six and a half, maybe seven and a half being the, uh, the upper reaches of where the Raiders could possibly reach this season, um, I think that's kind of where a lot of people start. And, you know, you just look around. I think on paper, they're clearly the fourth, you know, the number four roster. Uh, in the division right now, that doesn't mean that's how it's going to play out. Doesn't mean uh, that's what the 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 end result is going to be. But uh, right now, on paper, that's what it looks like. And uh, odds makers don't have a lot of faith, and neither do a lot of media people. Do you have a lot of belief in, in Denver? I know they have Sean Payton, but it seems like a lot of people believe he's going to turn that around immediately. Yeah, look, I, I think that's the biggest factor the, that a lot of people believe that Sean Payton can fix Russell Wilson. Um, and there was always this belief in Denver. Uh, that they were a quarterback away. I mean, how many times do we hear that the last couple of years? They got a great receiving core. They've got a good line, a uh, good defensive line. Good, they get good pressure. They can cover better than almost anybody in the league. Um, like, hey, if this team could just get a quarterback, they'd be great. And then we saw what happened with Russell Wilson last year when expectations were sky high, and now they're sky high again because it's like, well, that was one year for Russell Wilson, but Sean Payton can fix him. He's going to figure it out. And I, I have a little bit of belief that that can happen. I don't know that it can happen right away. And so – that's what it's going to take, right? I mean, he's going to have to be significantly better very early in the season for them to live up to that expectation. But that's what I mean by, hey, look, on paper, they still look really good. They still look right. like a very good team. But we thought that last year, and the Raiders were definitely a better team than they were last year. The, the Broncos were bad. So, um, you know, just because the Raiders are picked where they are doesn't mean that's where they're going to finish. But you, you, I think you understand. I, I think yeah. uh, most people can – I don't mean you. I mean, I think most people can understand why, uh, why Denver would be picked ahead of the Raiders based on just what's on paper. 
Right, and I mean, again, there's a lot of things to like on paper from what they have. I liked what the Raiders had on paper last year, and we all know how it shook out. It didn't play the way out that I yeah. thought it was going to play as they only won six games. So let me ask you about the Chargers because every year they get all the love. Every year they're going to make this move. Justin Herbert's going to be that guy, and something gets in the way. And Normally it's called Brandon Staley. Uh, what are your thoughts on, or expectations for them this year? Uh, I mean, it's a great question. Look, I'm a Brandon Staley guy. I'm a Brandon Staley believer. Okay. I think I think last year the issue was that he wasn't Brandon Staley. I mean, go back and look at all the things that he did the previous year and then didn't do last year in very similar situations. And, and I don't really understand why other than maybe somebody with the – um, you know, with the the higher ups, maybe somebody in the front office uh, was like, "Hey, like we we want to play more traditional. We want to do some more traditional uh, decision making." And I feel like something like that happened because he wasn't the same the coach last year. He wasn't making a lot of the same decisions. And I I think he actually earned them victories two years ago, not took them away. I think he put them in better positions. And um, you know, last year obviously they made that playoff run, but um, I thought there was times that they could have been uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, a little bit more forward thinking uh, than they were. I, I don't think he was quite the same coach last year. So I, I'm interested in seeing if he's himself, especially, you know, we all believe this is kind of, you know, do or die in terms of, you know, not only making the playoffs, but maybe advancing in the playoffs for the Chargers, especially after how they melted down in the first round last year. So um, does Brandon Staley go back to believing in himself, believing in his ideas, or does he kind of, you know, maybe incorporate a hybrid of, you know, traditional thinking and some of the stuff that he likes to do because um, I'm a very, I'm, I'm a very, uh, you know, analytics driven person. I, I really believe in going for it a lot of the times when coaches now don't. Um, I think we talk about it wrong, uh, where a lot of people are like, oh, that's aggressive, going for it on fourth and two, that's aggressive. No, it's conservative because it actually gives your team a better chance. Hunting is aggressive because that gives your team a worse chance of winning the game. So I think we need to change how we think about it, how we talk about it, um, and maybe that will help people understand it a little bit better. But, um, yeah, I would like to see the Chargers get more like they were two years ago than they were last year. Again, Adam Hill is our guest from the RJ and, of course, Sister Station ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company here with us on Raider Nation Radio 920. You were in the press conference earlier with Josh McDaniels. You asked him about really evaluating him, you know, year one to year two. What did you think of the answer, and how do you think we see or do you think we see improvements from head coach Josh McDaniels just with what he does uh, as the CEO of the team moving forward? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, my what I was really trying to go for is more – just it, it like how does the team look right now after an off season where last year literally all they had was the off season and they just kind of had to rush it and get ready this year they you know they've had some carryover they've had some of the guys learning the system um, that already were were already up to date as the off season began uh, but I guess the issue is it's not really a second year because so many guys are different right I mean it's the first time in a decade they have a new quarterback running things um, there's a lot of guys that have not been in the system or maybe were in the system several years ago obviously going out and getting a Jimmy and uh, Jacoby Myers and guys that have already been in the system but haven't done it for a while maybe. Um, so I do think that while it's the second year, it's not a traditional second year because there is uh, kind of so much change. But, um, yeah, what he said is, look, you can't really tell anything at this point of, this, of, of this point of the season. He's been around for 23 tw- training camps now. This is 23rd. And he said sometimes you think you have a great, to- great team and you don't. Sometimes you don't think you have much and it turns out to be great. Like, you really just can't tell. There's no magic formula this this time of year 
to know whether you're going to be good or not. So I thought that was kind of interesting that, you know, I guess what it is is the more you know, the less you know right. about your team, really, as, as you've been around for a long time. You would think that you have kind of a sense, right? When you come in, first day of training camp, you're like, oh, yeah, this team's going to be really good. But uh, you never really can tell. And like you said, last year, expectations were sky high and the results weren't. And this year, expectations are not anywhere near that. And that doesn't mean you're going to finish there. You could you could far outperform expectations. Right. I mean, that'd be a good thing, right? Have low expectations. All of a sudden, uh, go and win a lot of games in the season and surprise everybody. I think the Raider Nation would take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. What do you think of the addition of Marcus Peters? What does he do for that Raiders defense now? Yeah, I mean, he's a ball hawk. He's the guy that goes and gets it, and that's something that they haven't had. They have, they have not generated turnovers the last couple of years. It's been a glaring, glaring weakness of this team. And while I don't think Marcus Peters is the player he once was, mm-hmm. um, part of that is injury. Part of that is a little bit of age when he's 30. He's not ancient, but you know, he's getting up there. But um, I think a lot of it also was, you know, he played on some really good defenses and really good teams earlier in his career. And, um, you know, I think he's taken advantage of that uh, a little bit. And so I, I think he can still be a really good player. I think he could be good in the locker room. I think he, he can be a guy that can, um, you know, guide some of these younger players, tell them what it takes to get to the, you know, to the next level. And like I said, I think he can go get the ball. I think that might be at the cost of maybe being over aggressive at times and giving up some big plays. But um, I think the Raiders, while they don't want to see big plays, I think they'll take that in order to generate some turnovers and help the offense out a little bit. Cause that's just something that's been extremely lacking from this team. And I think that's the biggest thing that stands out for him. I think it's 32 career interceptions yep. in seven years. He's a guy that goes and gets it. You know, look, that's, that's an average of almost five interceptions a season. The Raiders only had six as a team last year. So right. um, I think they'll take a guy that can go get the ball, even if it's, you know, even if it's not always great. I mean, obviously his, his overall grades weren't that great last year. There were some, some real weaknesses, but uh, still knows how to go get the ball. Yeah, no, that's something I've been harping on quite a bit. They've got to find a way to create turnovers, generate turnovers. They just don't do it as a team. Well, Adam, we'll close out with this. Man, the big elephant in the room, obviously, was Jimmy G. He passes physical on Sunday. He's healthy right now, and that's all that you can ask for to start training camp tomorrow. Uh, what do you think Jimmy G brings to this Raiders team now that you know he's he's at least healthy? Yeah, I mean, stability and leadership and um, obviously an understanding of, of the system and what Josh McDaniels wants to do. They're, they've worked together before. They understand each other. Um, and I think he can be a guy that can help facilitate things. And, and don't underestimate – I'm going to package them together because I think they are a package deal. Um, Brian Hoyer okay. uh, and, and what he brings. I mean, he's a guy – You know, they, they know each other. They work well together. They all work very well with McDaniels. And I think the fact that they're at the top, they're all on the same page, which we know wasn't the case always – with McDaniels and Carr, even if they want to downplay it, they weren't always on the same page. And I think everybody in the quarterback room just being completely in sync, not only right now, but just kind of having that history with each other and understanding. Like, there's going to be times when, you know, they can do things in practice where McDaniels doesn't have to say anything or tell them anything. Like, they know. Uh, especially Hoyer knows exactly what McDaniels wants at all times, I think. And I do think that's going to be beneficial in terms of. Uh, you know, sometimes when a coach keeps saying something, it doesn't. It's not always as effective as when a player is able to to not only tell them what to do, but also explain why. Um, and I think that that understanding is going to help. So, um, you know, those guys I think working together is going to be is going to be pretty big for everybody to develop that understanding of what are, you know, getting everyone on the same page on that offense. Well, we'll be out there bright and early tomorrow morning to see as it all Too unfolds. Early. <laughs> Too early. Too early, but that's what we do, and that's how we roll, and it's going to be hot out there, so stay hydrated like Denzel Perryman would always say. Adam, what are you working on that I should be on the lookout for? 
Uh, well, first of all, I just stepped out of the media room uh, to talk to you, and when I left, you were like on the TV, so you're everywhere. Oh, nice. Uh, that's that's pretty wild. Um, and yeah, just uh, all week, kind of you know, seeing who we have, who's coming to the podium, who's talking, and working on notes. Definitely today, writing up a little bit about uh, trying to prepare for training camp in the heat. Nice. Nice. I want to know how I was on TV. How did I end up on TV? Uh, it was FanDuel TV. I don't know. It was like I think it was a recorded interview. Oh, it was Kay Adams. It was the Kay Adams yeah. show that I was on earlier today. Yeah, there you go. All right. Hey, go. I didn't know. I'm not knowing, but I'll take it, right? Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Well, Adam, thanks so much, my man. I appreciate you. Good talking to you as always. Yes, sir. There he goes. Adam Hill for the Las Vegas Review Journal, also ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station on Twitter at Adam Hill LVRJ. There you go. You find out something that I didn't realize. I didn't know that they were rerunning the Kay Adams show, and apparently I was on in the Raiders media room earlier today. So that probably was interesting. Like, hey, didn't Q just leave? How the hell's Q back on TV? But uh, there you go. 2.47 is the time. Many thanks to Adam. We definitely appreciate him. Got a ton of text messages to get to. 6987, keyword R&R. What are you seeing? What do you think most outlets are seeing that has him so low on the Raiders' uh, overall record in 2023? This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Got John McClain from Sports Radio 610 in Houston coming up in about 10 minutes to talk all things NFL, but got a lot of feedback on the don'tbebroke.com text line that I want to get to is 69187, keyword R&R, asking about the question I threw out there at the top of the show. Why do you think or what are you seeing that maybe most outlets are seeing why they're so low on the Raiders and their overall record in 2023 Jim from Yonkers said we're going to get bashed until we win that's just the way it is it is the safe bet based on previous outcomes we have to start winning to change minds thank you for a great show great feedback short simple to the point right you start winning there won't be an issue Uh, then they'll start to believe in you I like that Uh, from the 505 my biggest deal is that Jeff Saturday beat us at home last season that one hurt yeah that was one that shouldn't have happened there's no excuse for that Jeff Saturday had as much NFL head coaching experience as I did. And he went into Allegiant Stadium and won. Pulled the coach or pulled a quarterback off the bench that had been benched. And that same quarterback, who is now in the CBS booth, rolled out on what, third and nine or whatever the case may be, and ran for 30 something yards? Like it's just embarrassing. That's that's a good point. From the 505, that shouldn't have happened. That, that Colts loss was one of those that you just can't have on your resume. And, well, the Raiders did. Raider Chavez in the 916 at Sacramento, California. I believe the national media doesn't believe in the Raiders because they don't believe in our defense. Jimmy G and McDaniels as a head coach, I believe, will be better than people think. That's Raider Chavez in 916. And that's the thing. He brings up the point that I kind of keep going back to is the unknown and that the defense, like I know that the Raiders went out and addressed the defense. Like a lot of people don't even believe they addressed it. They did. They addressed a lot of draft capital with six guys. Now, unfortunately, two guys aren't going to start practicing tomorrow in Tyree Wilson and Byron Young. That's a, that's, I don't want to say a red flag, but that's a concern, right? But they did draft six guys on the defensive side of the ball. They went out and spent money in free agency, brought guys in that are young, have production, but also have an opportunity to grow with the defense as well. But the problem is, and the, I guess the question is not really a problem, can they come together? Can Marcus Epps play the role that they have envisioned for him? Can... Marcus Peters be the guy that they had planned when they signed him and brought him in. Can other guys step up? You know, can Tyree Wilson be that compliment to, to Max Crosby that they've been looking for for a long time? Hell, can Chandler Jones be the guy that they expected when they gave him a big contract last year? Right? Can he be that guy? I say this right now, and I know that it's not really realistic, 
But a guy like Unique Ngakwe is still out there. He's still out there and available in free agency. I don't think you could ever have too many guys to get after the, the quarterback. I would love to see a guy like Unique Ngakwe added to the mix back to the team. I'm sure it won't happen. I don't think it's realistic, as I mentioned. But I know that he's going to get you eight sacks. I know that. You go back and look at the history of Ngakwe, what he's done, he's going to get you at least eight. I don't know what he'll get you after that, but he's going to get you eight. And eight would have been good for second place on the Raiders team last year, right behind Max. So, you know, Chandler Jones has got to step up. He's got to be that guy. He's got a long history. He's going to be a Hall of Fame player, but he's got to do it right now. He's got to do it with the team that believed in enough to give him a, a, a nice chunk of change in free agency. Uh, how about Raider Poncho here? He said, what up, Poncho? what up, Q? Poncho here. It's simple. They never believed in the Raiders and still don't and won't until we prove them wrong. That goes back to what Jim from Yonkers said. I like that. Uh, this one is from the 806. Q. The skepticism is warranted. Three to six wins is my opinion. Josh took a team that was just in the playoffs and won six games and with a better roster. The roster is basically the same with the upgrade here, a downgrade there. A division is going to be tougher, so our team's like the Jets. No way we win more than six, but at least we'll be in position to get a a Drake May at the quarterback position. So there you go. That is uh, right there from the 806. But you can feed us back. Uh, You can hit us with feedback at 69187, keyword R&R. I can't hear anything you're saying, Ari, so whatever you say, what are you saying? Okay, five seconds. All right. John McClain, he kicks off hour number two of the show. It's Radio 920.